Hey everybody, it's Ben from, you know, the the Ben from the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that one. So the episode you're about to listen to is awesome. I had two incredible guests and I'm super bummed to announce that my audio for the episode is is a bummer. It's it, I don't know what happened, but my my audio is slightly distorted the entire episode. We did the entire call nobody heard any audio distortion during the call but sure enough when i went to mix it it's there so i apologize but please enjoy the episode i think you'll get over it and you'll get used to it i just wanted to be transparent My name's Ben. You are listening to Disney Plus, Plus Ben, Plus Friends. I'm very excited for today's episode. We are talking about the Pixar classic. I'm going to go ahead and say classic, show my hand a little bit. Monsters Incorporated. This is a movie about two monsters who are friends and this cool, weird world. And I am so stoked to talk about it with two of my friends. That's the whole point of this show. If you haven't caught on yet, as Ben talks about Disney Plus with friends. So let's bring in some plus friends because right now it's just Disney Plus Plus Ben. And nobody nobody wants that. Nobody. <laughs> Not even my mom. So uh, up first, I've got my my film collaborative partner. We, we write together. He's an incredible director and just awesome dude. Jacob Roberts, welcome to the pod. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? I don't know why I said that, because you can't respond. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rhetorical. Right, yeah. I like I like to think that a lot of people, <laughs> as they're listening to this, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, some of these, you know, they're on their Peloton bike, you know, just, oh, hi, Jacob. <laughs> Very um, and then I've also got an, an incredible musician. He hosts the Modern Day Fitzgerald podcast, which is also the name of his band. Micah LGV, Micah... Say hello to everybody. What's up, Kansas City or the world? When I say Disney, you say plus Disney. Plus. Disney. Plus. 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 Pew, 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 pew. I love that energy. It's like you were shot out of a cannon into everybody's plus. ears. That's great. I really hope they respond with plus more so than they I... respond to me saying, how's your day been? <laughs> I do love the idea that Somebody is like social distancing. They're at a park. They've got a mask on. They're wearing gloves. They're walking around and they're just yelling, Plus! 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 Monsters Incorporated. Yeah! Please, please be that person. If you're listening. Uh... If you're that person, I want you to Instagram story yourself. Tag any of us. Because I want to. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Ta- you know what? While you're at it, tag. Tag. Disney, just, yeah, just do just it. See what, see, what see what they do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I know you guys really well, but I want to make sure that the audience gets to know you guys a little bit. So I've got a couple quick icebreaker questions. Just uh, real fast, rapid fire. What are your guys' Disney Plus profile icons? Mine's Chewbacca. Who are you guys? Uh, I am actually Randall from Monsters Inc. <laughs> oh. Oh. So we've got we got a monster yeah, stand yeah, in the yeah. house. All right. All right. And uh, Michael, who you Harry got? Harry the platypus. Excellent choice. Excellent that is a great choice. choice. Oh boy, Phineas and Ferb's awesome. Uh, 
yeah i love that show you know a bunch of the writers on that show were family guy writers so that's oh, why it's I could so funny like it's that. like yes yeah yeah, yeah. uh and there's like a lot of humor on it's not like raunchy like family mm-hmm. guy but there's a lot of humor on multiple levels like there's definitely jokes for grown-ups that oh definitely in there. yeah okay. starting with jacob can you give me your mount mouse more it's like mount mm-hmm. rushmore but instead of presidents it's it's for disney plus yeah yeah do i need to um explain why or am i just am i just shooting them out Give us a give us a little explanation. Okay, okay. So, I, I, I want to familiarize the audience yeah, with you. So first one's definitely going to be Darth Vader, strictly because I feel like that is like hey. such a classic villain. You know, he's one of the arguably the most like known villain to ever exist in just cinema history. One of them, at least. Can I tell you really quick? Our last episode yeah. we did, uh, at least the last episode we recorded, was A New mm-hmm. Hope, and it was brought to my attention in that episode. I've never thought about this before. That Darth Vader only has about eight minutes of screen time in that oh, that's movie. That's insane. Like, is that not yeah. the most like using the most? That well, he's like we have an award we'll get to later, the Mister Potato Head Award. Mm-hmm. Where you're, you're using who does the most with the least amount of screen time or lines? Is we almost yeah, should yeah. rename it the Darth Vader honestly, Award. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's crazy. Eight minutes of screen time, and he became like one of the yeah, best right? villains of all time, ever. Um, oh, okay, so you got you yeah, got, so Vader. got Darth Vader. I'm doing. I'm putting Doug from Up on there. Oh wow! <laughs> Next to Darth Vader. Uh, I guess they both use like an apparatus yeah, yeah, to speak. That, that's Is why. That the theme no, of I'm your. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going uh, Darth Vader, Doug from Up. I'm probably gonna throw probably iron man up there as well and yes, then iron my last pick. one would be trying to think of my favorite disney princess probably little mermaid i really like little mermaid ariel, <laughs> yeah, ariel. all right all right so we've got ariel vader doug <laughs> and uh and it's iron very, man very so random mount mouse more it's it's real <laughs> random but i do like you representing the yeah, different yeah, camps yeah. we got some star wars we got some marvel so that's that's good stuff micah how about you what's your mount mouse more looking all like? right First things first, we got Scrooge McDuck. Ooh, yes, because, better than mine. <laughs> because because Scrooge is like I don't know, like he's it's it's just the idea that he's able to cartoonishly jump into a pile of money and dive right into it. We all want that super. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. And that amount yeah. of money, but, and the yeah. fact that he doesn't die and just like crashes into the coins. Physics <laughs> doesn't matter. Superpower. Yeah. Uh, a second one. I'm um, going with the same common theme. Uh, Darkwing Duck. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love like I don't know. As a kid, let's get yeah. dangerous. As a kid, it's yes. like you, you see him as like like very like mysterious and just like straightforward. But then when you watch it as an adult, it's like oh no, this is guy's like very egotistic and wants like just 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 messing things up right away. So. It's really brilliant. I I have had I'm I've had a similar reaction as I've rewatched it a little bit on Disney Plus, where I always loved Darkwing Duck, but I think maybe as a kid I thought it was darker and cooler than it is, and as an adult I love how silly it is, how well it lampoons the really great '90s animated Batman yes. you know series, and and I, I my favorite is when he his crazy entrance lines where he's like, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bubble gum stuck to the bottom of your shoe. I am the popcorn kernel caught in your teeth. I am Darkwing Duck. You know, like I, I love his entrances. Nobody enters a room quite like Darkwing. All right. So we got Darkwing Duck, Scrooge McDuck. Anybody else with a bill? Uh, I wish, right? Uh, (laughs) A little more classic. We got Peter Pan. Okay, great. Just because, you know, like 
he never wants to grow up and who wants to grow mm-hmm. up i don't want to grow up uh and then last but not least i'm actually changing my answer on the spot uh i'm going rogue i'm gonna go with cruella de vil yeah she one. is a great yeah. disney villain she's a great yeah. disney yeah. villain and i don't know like her theme song is like the most catchiest thing ever mm-hmm. it is really great so and yeah sweet so you've got i like you, you went classic disney on all four we've got we've got darkwing doug scrooge mcduck which I, I love that duo. Uh, this is weird because this is two episodes in a row with Scrooge McDuck and another duck on because Dan from our, our Star Wars episode had Donald Duck and Scrooge yeah, McDuck Scrooge on Scrooge McDuck has to be uh, uh, And then we got Cruella DeVille and we got Peter Pan. That's that's a great lineup there. So uh, one more icebreaker before we get into the episode really quick. I just want to ask you guys, uh, what is your go-to karaoke jam from the Disney universe? So it's it's karaoke night. You're, you get up to go. You can't do "Don't Stop Believing." You can't. You can't do any journey. You have to pick a Disney song. What song are you picking, Jacob? Uh, I think I'm doing Gustan from Beauty and the Beast because I think it's such a funny oh, song. I just think it's yeah, so that funny. Sounds, that sounds great. And I just, I, yep. I just love how how it plays out. It's just him, just literally full of hubris, just being super funny and silly. Are you doing Gaston's parts and then trying to get the audience to sing yes, the other parts, or sure. are you doing character oh, voices? Sure. Okay, That's I like that way. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, excellent choice. No, that's that's just an awesome number. Um, <laughs> it has. One of my favorite lyrics of all time, which is "I'm especially good at expectorating," yes. <laughs> which is like the fancy word for yeah, spit, yeah. and that is just incredible <laughs> lyrical work right there. I wish I could write poetry like that. And how about you, Micah? What's your karaoke jam, Disney? I definitely want to say "A Whole New World." Yeah, a whole New World yeah. is great. I, I think I think it's yes. the most common answer, but I mean, like, it's just a great '90s pop song. You got the mm-hmm. harmonies. You got the back and forth duet, the video of them going everywhere from Agrabah to Rome to Greece. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's so good. It's, it's absolutely incredible. On the Aladdin episode, we had a few back. I, I think we, we spoke about that moment is not just a great moment for Disney movies, but like literally one of the most romantic scenes in the history of movies. It's, it's so good. It's perfect. And you know what? Every karaoke night, someone gets up and sings Wanna Be by Spice Girls and Don't Stop Believing by Journey. So, yeah, of course. I, I think it's okay to go basic because it's a classic for a reason. I, I support this decision. Yeah, I like and, 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 and plus, yeah. Now, are you, are you going to sing both parts or are you doing a duo? See, it's one of those things. Like, if you want to be uh, bold, sing both parts. But if you want to <laughs> grab, like, a lovely person uh, from, like, the audience, like, hey, do you want to sing this with me? It's like, whole new world it's like yes and then you guys sing it together and that's how you guys fall in love see underrated first date oh yeah no that'd be insane I think, like i think that is an that is a first date flex <laughs> i i uh, i support that all right so i feel like the audience knows you guys maybe not quite as well as i do but that's because we're, we're intimate with one another Very but intimate. i think i think it's fair to say you guys are now plus friends with the audience yeah. so let's dive into this week's episode we're talking about monsters incorporated this movie came out in November 2001, which I had kind of lost track of, and I don't want this to like be what the episode's about, but like right after yeah. 9-11. Like oh, I wow. had kind of lost track of that. And what's really interesting looking back historically, especially considering that movies get made, you know, like two years in advance, is there's actually a really great popcorn movie year that year where you get uh, you get 
the first Harry Potter movie, Harry mm. Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter, uh, and, and then you get the Lord of the Rings franchise mm-hmm. starting, Fellowship of the Ring. You've got Monsters Incorporated. So at this time when when America and, and the world was really hurting, we did have some really good movies to take our mind off of it a little yeah. bit. And so uh, this movie was a smash hit when it came out. It was number one at the box office until Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out two weeks later, which of course was you know, an absolute unbelievable smash hit, broke all sorts of records. This has a 96% for critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 90% audience score. So definitely an A from, from both camps. Great reviews from critics. Peter Travers from Rolling Stone, who's kind of my go-to film critic, is uh, he, he wrote, no surprises here since this wow-worthy display of computer animation comes from the Wizards at Pixar who brought smiles even to the cranks at Critics Incorporated with Toy Story films. Directors Peter Doctor and David Silverman keep the fun coming, but it's the Pixar animators who keep grown-ups as riveted as the kids with visual marvels that dazzle and delight. And he gave it three out of four stars. You know, super fair. Definitely liked it. It, it was nominated for multiple Academy Awards. It was actually... This was the first year ever that best animated feature was a category. Mm -hmm. We've kind of talked about this on past episodes that Beauty and the Beast was the first animated movie to be nominated for best picture. And then you had a couple years there where Disney's putting out Aladdin, for example, and Lion Mm -hmm. King, which weren't nominated for best picture, which I think in retrospect, considering there wasn't a category for that yet is wrong because Lion King and Aladdin are two of the best movies that came out in the decade of Mm -hmm. the 90s. And and, uh, so it was up for best animated feature uh, best original score, best original song, which it won, uh, Randy Newman's If I Didn't Have You, and it was also nominated for best editing. Out of curiosity, I went through and I was like, well, why didn't it win best original score? It had a great mm-hmm. score. Uh, well, as I already said, the other movies that came out that year, Fellowship of the Ring <laughs> and Harry Potter, which are two of the best scores in I'm the sorry, history of John movies. Williams. So, tops. Yeah. Well, did you know John Williams actually lost? Fellowship of the Ring beat Harry Potter for, for the Oscar mm. for best score, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those, that's, you know, that's a tough pick between oh, yeah. those two. And I think a fascinating one, maybe this is an interesting way to kind of get us into the Monsters Incorporated discussion. It lost best animated feature to Shrek, which I, I know this is a Disney podcast. I have to say, I think that's the right choice. And just as... Harry Potter and Fellowship of the Ring. Don't make me choose between those two. There, there's a call. I, I think Shrek and Monsters Incorporated. What a bummer that the first, the first time Pixar finally gets nominated mm-hmm. for a Best Animated Feature, that they're up against Shrek, which is just an absolutely classic movie and yeah. and, and also one of the best animated. But what do you? If if somebody made you pick between those two, are you going Monsters Inc or Shrek? Personally, I would go for Monsters Incorporated. Okay. I, I mean, I, I like I like Shrek. But right on, right on. I yeah. feel Shrek is a little too campy sometimes. Monsters is definitely a little bit more of a, it's, it's weird to call it this because it's still definitely a popcorn film. It's a little bit more of an art film. I think it's trying to say a little bit more than Shrek. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it, that's a tough pick. I mean, like. No, uh, it's definitely kudos. a tough pick. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. also go Monsters, Inc., though. <laughs> All yeah. right, so that's fair. And, and, and I'm, I, I, like I said, I think I go Shrek, but it's not an easy choice. And I'm so glad I live in a universe oh, where both yeah. exist. So I want to talk about our favorite parts of the movie, why we like Monsters, Inc. so much, why we would pick it, well, with, why two out of three of doctors would recommend it <laughs> over Shrek. Uh, I, I want to just say that it starts off so incredible with this opening segment with all of the doors and Randy Newman's mm-hmm. score playing. 
it feels like a nod to 1960s animation. It feels like if you guys have watched 101 Dalmatians recently, the opening to 101 Dalmatians, Robin Hood, it also kind of feels a little bit like some of the earlier James Bond movies, mm-hmm. like th- those opening yeah. sequences with the song playing. And I-, I just think the colors, the textures, and I, I think just the-, the overall decision to have the very first thing that we see be a throwback to traditional animation instead of this, at, you know, at the time, very cutting edge, yeah. very modern computer look, very cool start do you guys like that intro oh yeah no i love that intro it's it's fun it's a good way to hook you into the movie right away definitely it has a very like warm opening to the whole like idea like what you're coming into it's like oh these aren't scary monsters these are monsters with like good personality and mm-hmm. fun but they like to scare you exactly and i think it's important it's really a great directing choice because the very first scene of the movie is a a scare now it turns out to be a simulation Uh but it's a scare and so i think it's smart to kind of backdoor us into the movie by saying like oh actually they're going to be cute they're going to be funny so don't be too Mm -hmm. scared by this first scene especially since it's a family movie you know yeah but i really like it and i'll say just i think maybe the first thing i want to talk about in general is the world building for this movie is incredible. The world itself is interesting, but there are so many scenes that are really smart screenwriting, really smart directing that build the world fast. Like when Mike and Sully are on their way to Mm -hmm. work, it's so great. You get the monster who's reading the newspaper and he sneezes and he shoots out a fireball. You get the slime monster who slips on a sewer grate. And then he says, and then he says, Oh, great. So Ah. it's a double joke. Uh So good. The the world building is awesome. The octopus at the sushi place Mm -hmm. is so cool and just fun. Uh, I love the the world building that the Loch Ness Monster and the Abominable Snowman (laughs) and Bigfoot are all banished. The CDA and like, I love just little attention to detail. Mm -hmm. Like that since all these monsters are different, the CDA, they're all different shapes. They all have different numbers of like goggles and, and lenses on their masks and different numbers of vents. I just think that the world building of this movie is is really efficient and then the world that they oh, build yeah. is really they're cool. conscious uh, I, I like how they're conscious about uh the fact there's a scare shortage and decide to walk to work <laughs> That's yes good too. absolutely it's good it's it's funny and it's also good yeah, storytelling. Yeah, yeah. i mean I, th- I think what's really great the first 10 minutes of this movie have a ton of exposition mm-hmm. because this is a really for a kid's movie it, and i don't mean that to sound judgy yeah. but it uh, my daughter watches a lot of stuff that like you can summarize it in nine words, you uh-huh. know, and, and Pixar never really goes for that, but it's even for Pixar, it's a very high concept. Mm-hmm. The, the idea of this movie, if you're trying to break it down as little as, as small as possible, you have, you still have to say, this is a world where monsters are the dominant population. They get their energy from scaring kids. They have doors that let them transport into kids closets so when kids see monsters in real life, they're actually seeing monsters, but they're trying to get energy. One of the kids gets it. Like, it's a complicated oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they really lay down the framework for it very fast. And I just, I love the world. I love the company. Yeah. Right, what are some of you guys' favorite parts of specifically the world of Monsters Incorporated? I mean, definitely if we're talking about the world, like, like I said, there's so much like details that comes into the whole the idea and like the fact that like again, I'm kind of repeating what you said. It's like the fact that you have like doors just like you just walk into doors and then that's when you like 
across the monsters like world to the human world that's just like an interesting concept and at the same time they're like building a foundation but not making it too complicated mm-hmm. it is a really interesting tightrope walk that is done incredibly well and it sets up the characters really well i yeah. think that another thing about this movie that you just have to talk about is the friendship of mike and Sully. the oh, the, yeah. the bromance mm-hmm. between these two is really great and it has to be this movie doesn't work if we don't love spending time with the oh, two yeah. of them together and immediately we're such good friends there's that opening montage where mike is kind of helping solely wake mm-hmm. up and get ready for work and you you just very quickly see what good friends they are how they're kind of the yin to each other's yang and and that even though they're different sizes and shapes they're so close together and, you know, I, I think I've said this on the podcast. If, if not, it's probably clear from my words and actions. I'm a major Hufflepuff, and most movies tend to star Gryffindors and Slytherins. This is a movie about two Hufflepuffs, <laughs> and it makes me so happy because this is absolutely a story about loyalty mm-hmm. and friendship and testing that friendship and testing that loyalty. And it's awesome because you look at Sully and you think he'd be a Gryffindor. He's this big, you know, basically a jock in this world but he's so delicate and soft. And I mean, like, I love that, especially Soli's character design. He, he, he is such a physical manifestation of his personality. Yeah. He's big and soft and fluffy. He's a teddy bear, but he looks scary. He's got these hard spikes on his back, yeah, yeah. like almost like dragon scales and these horns and these big teeth. And I really like that a lot. I, I, I don't know that Mike is as much a physical manifestation <laughs> of his personality, but Sully, more than almost any character in any movie I can think mm-hmm. of, is a physical manifestation of, of himself. Yeah. I like that. I really love in the opening when uh, they're sitting down to watch that commercial and Sully thinks Mike's going to be upset because the logo's covering him. And then Mike's like, I'm a star, I'm a star. And then that's, that was also, it was it. good uh, friendship building <laughs> whenever uh, uh, Mike answers the phone and he's like, oh yeah, did you see me? Did you see me? It's your mom. He like looks at Sully and says, like... <laughs> Sully's mom's excited that totally Mike was agree. in the commercial. <laughs> yes. It, t- it teaches us so much about Mike. It teaches us about their friendship. I, I love that moment. I, I love that Sully is immediately concerned yeah, yeah. that that Mike's going to be disappointed. And, and he's not. You know, I, I love that, which is also interesting because I think we find later on, Mike is okay with their relationship mm-hmm. dynamic for the most part. Mike, Mike isn't, I think, a really beautiful part about their friendship. Mike isn't jealous of no. Sully. Mike just wishes he was a little bit more helpful himself. Mm-hmm. Like he wishes he was better at getting scares himself. He, it's not that he's upset. He doesn't have a rivalry with Mm-mm. Randall and Sully. It, it, it's just that he has almost like a rivalry with himself. Like yeah, he yeah. wishes he was more internally. Yeah, that's deep, man. That's yeah. also good building so, with the um, early on when they're on the scare floor and Randall and him are like having competition. That was a really good way to like show that these two, I mean, it shows that Soli is more like good sport about it, but Randall really doesn't like Soli. Like you could see that dynamic of jealousy and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've, I mean, that's, you've got a Hufflepuff. Yeah, and a Slytherin. Yeah. You've got like a person who is naturally not competitive, who is just so good at what he does that he's been forced into a competition. And then you have somebody who is truly driven by ambition 
yeah, everybody knows this is the podcast where we talk about Hogwarts houses, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus, plus Ben, plus Friends, plus Sorting Hat. Because Harry Potter <laughs> is a Disney world. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only a matter of time, man. It's only a matter of time. It's <laughs> just, just give them time. They'll buy it. Yeah. Soon. Uh, Micah, what, what are some of your favorite parts of this movie? Favorite moments, favorite aspects? My- what, what's really gets you coming back to this movie it's it's the relationship between boo and sully it's oh yes yes here's the thing when i when the first time i ever watched this movie i was in eight no wait 2001 so it's seventh grade so i was seventh grade and uh my sister was about four or five years old and i remember picking her up picking her up from the bus stop we went back home and then I'm trying to skip doing my homework to watch Monsters Incorporated because we didn't watch it in theaters. We just watched it at home with a DVD. We popped it in, watched it, and then we were so enthralled between the relationship between Boo and Sully and uh, the fact uh, that, like, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like you kind of, like, see the relationship building. Like, first, she, she loves him. Sully's, like, scared and terrified of her. Uh, but then he kind of like, you know, finally gets to the point where like, you know, I do care about you. But then all of a sudden, Boo sees the reality of what he actually is when she saw him like, like yes, sc- like scare mm-hmm. a, uh, a simulation and she got scared. And like, it kind of like broke your heart a little bit. It's like, no, he's a really good guy. It's a misunderstanding. No. And then at the very end, this the very end of the movie always gets me and it's the idea of like you know the very last shot is yeah it's very Mm -hmm. emotional no i i love boo and sully's relationship is is really awesome because i i think what's interesting with this movie is it is a two-hander i do think mike and sully are equally main characters what's really interesting is that it's framed around their friendship and then they each kind of have their own story of a different type of love Mm -hmm. where You've got romantic love between Mike and Celia, who we'll get to in a little bit. And then you've got a, a you know, a, a father, a very paternal, a very father-daughter love between Soli and Boo. And then you have a very platonic friendship love between Mike and, and Soli. And, and I think that that's interesting that we get to see these characters mm. kind of in that, um, in those three different relationships. Yeah. And I love... I, I'm with you, Mike, 100%. Boo and, and Sully's relationship is so sweet. And I love that just right away, Boo is never scared of Sully. She just... Kitty. Just, it, it is. It's Kitty. Yeah. And it's so paternal. I, I, I absolutely love the scene in the locker room. If you made me pick my favorite mm-hmm. scene of the movie, it might be the scene where they're in the locker room and Boo is running all over the place and we're kind of sh- seeing that she's actually very good at, at hiding and scaring yeah. people. And I love that it, so there's a thing that happens in this movie a lot that because the monsters themselves are mostly not scary and the, the director is very smart and, and uh, Peter, Peter Doctor wants us to not be afraid of the, the monsters, he references classic horror well i guess not classic horror but like more contemporary like 80s like slasher horror in a lot of really subtle ways and so like this locker room scene feels straight out of nightmare on elm street and alien but it's fun and cute at the same time Mm -hmm. and it's this really 
really great direction choice because there's a lot of like point of view shots that are like sweeping the lockers and it's solely's you know like looking underneath things and over things and it feels like jason uh-huh. is about to jump out chainsaw and instead it's this adorable two-year-old <laughs> and i i just i love i love that and what it does to I think you as an audience member, it's like being in a haunted house or a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It makes your adrenaline start pumping, even though you're laughing. And it, it does a really cool thing to your brain, yeah. stylistically. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, and I also love with... Oh, yes. sorry. I was going to say, real quick, how many times does Randall, throughout the movie, almost catch them? Like in that bathroom scene when he's punching all the doors open, that scene where like... Yeah. He like solely first finds the door and he's on one side hiding underneath the desk and then Randall's on the other side. Like there's so many moments in the movie. It's it's almost it's like it's pretty funny actually. Like how many times they almost just randomly get caught. <laughs> I agree. It does it, it it goes from it happens enough times that I think it goes from plot hole to oh clearly oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. being yeah. written this way. You know, like like it's it's just silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also I want to talk about Micah, a moment that you said with Sully and Boo. That for me as a parent, I uh, if you're playing the at-home drinking game, there's not an official one, but I'm sure that me referencing my four-year-old daughter is, is one of the games. Uh, <laughs> take a shot. Uh, I, I have a four-year-old daughter. I also have a, a 10-month-old daughter. But the, my four-year-old daughter, uh, I, I definitely saw a lot of me and and her and Sully and Boo, you know, clearly projecting. We're actually pretty different personality-wise. But when he scares her, and she and, and the way she reacts, I, I it hit me in a different way. I, this mm. is the first time I've sat down and watched this movie as a parent. My daughter actually really likes Monsters University, but doesn't watch this one as much. And I, I, when I asked her why, she she just basically said that she likes the parts of Monsters U. I think maybe it's a little sillier, yeah. a little lighter. I don't. I don't think it necessarily. She's not critiquing <laughs> Monsters. You the better piece of art. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> my point of all of this is to say, as a parent, as a human, you sometimes you yell when you don't mean to yell, and you say stuff you don't mean. And I think we can. You know, this isn't just a father daughter thing. This is a thing about friendships. You say stuff that you don't mean. And Mike really. Uh, I'm sorry. Soli really does this to Mike as well in in the cave with the abominable snowman. Um, you. Uh, no, I actually had it right the first time. Mike does it to Soli uh-huh. in the same way that Soli kind of does it to Boo. You hurt people on accident a lot. And when you're a parent in particular, your kids look at you like you're some kind of Greek god. And when you hurt them in any way, even if it's like you kind of yell at them because they accidentally dropped something heavy on your toe, it's such a betrayal of of trust, yeah. of like a, almost like spiritual trust. And that moment captures that so well. I, I was very emotional. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't cry, and people who listen to the show know I'm not afraid to admit when I cry. <laughs> uh, I, but I did get very emotional. It, it, it kind of stuck with me, and I, I'm still kind of chewing on it. I watched it last night, and I'm still kind of chewing on that moment today. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, and I, I'm with you, Micah. It, it's a moment from the movie that really totally sticks the, with you at the thing that always gets me with this movie is the very like the very very end is that when when boo finally gets to his to her room and she's like oh look it's my toys and she gets really excited and then mm-hmm. and then so yeah. he's like cool oh this is a goodbye but she doesn't think that it's like oh come over here look at my toys here's this here's that right. here's that and then it's like all right 
And then like, I, I, there's a fact, like I wrote this down, like, but the fact that he picks her up, it's like, all right, let's just enjoy this moment together. And like picks her up, just, just like throwing her around and then like tuck her in bed. And it's like, I, this is goodbye. And then she doesn't think that. And you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And it, it is, uh, anybody who's ever spent time with a toddler can, you know, vouch for how, how authentic it is. You know, um, a child who's that young, you know, they've, they've just recently mastered object permanence. Mm. So it, it's a hard concept that you're not ever going to see this guy yeah, again, yeah. you know, and I, I'm with you. There's a little bit of a, not quite the same dramatic stakes, but a little bit of it of mice and men, you know, George and Lenny yeah. component to it, where it's like, George knows he's about to shoot Lenny in the back mm-hmm. of the head. Spoilers for of mice and men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Lenny just thinks they're having a nice moment and he's mm-hmm. talking about the rabbits. And I, I think there's, there's a, a real parallel there. And yeah, I just, yeah. again, I'm, I'm struck by how successful the, oh, the, dude, yeah. the paternal energy. You don't, if you like, don't at least tear up when she opens that bedroom or that closet door and he's not there, man, you're dead, yeah, you're dead inside. <laughs> I just remember as a kid, like when we were watching that movie, uh, Sully opens the door again and then you just hear Kitty. And then mm-hmm. I, as a seventh grader was bawling my eyes out my five year four or five year old sister was watching me comprehended the idea of what's Mm -hmm. going on and she started crying yeah Yeah, right there is why uh this should have won best animated motion picture not shrek by the way shrek (laughs) does not have a moment here's the the thing it's the fact like because i was again uh watching it with a like a young kid and the fact that she was able to comprehend everything what's going on in the movie and keep her attention. It was is like a really good detail on how Pixar writes. And Pixar is extraordinary talking. at that. Yeah, I, I think I think that that golden era, like kind of run of yeah. Pixar, that those first you know ten or so movies. That there's never been another film studio that has quite captured. I mean, I think that, and I'm saying this as a as a person who speaks English, so I don't really know. I. I feel like their movies, especially in that run, would work in any language equally well. I think that there's just a universality to the films. They work as well on four-year-olds as they do on 40-year-olds. And this this one really is a great crystallization of, again, it's this crazy high concept. It is such a weird idea for a movie. It, today, if you came to a studio with this as a movie, they'd be like, Oh no, it's going to be three seasons on Netflix. You know, I mean, like, like it, it's so high concept that today it would absolutely be a TV show and not a movie and unless someone really fought for it. And, it, and they totally make it work. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about Boo and Sully. We've talked about Mike and Sully. I, I'd kind of like to start, before we move into the categories, to kind of just talk about the... Sort, sort of the ending of this film. We've talked about the very, very end, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of want to talk a, a little bit about, we haven't talked that much about Randall and Randall's plan, the reveal that that laughter is more effective than than scares and just, um, and all of that. And, and I, I, I'll i be honest, part of what I want to build to is just simply that I think that final set piece, I guess it's the final set piece, the climactic set piece with all of the doors mm-hmm. is one of my favorite parts yes. of any movie Ever. oh yeah it's so cool and what what it does is it's a slow burn kind of going with this idea of it if this came out today it would be a tv show they've set up how the magic of the doors works and 
it it's in our brain. We've accepted the rules. By the time that we get to the the big door chase scene, we've already had Mike and Sully get banished and you know go hang out with the abominable snowman who I definitely want to talk about in a little bit um uh, and, and and we get it's it's just like these these multiple roller coasters happening simultaneously the the scene where they're trying specifically to climb to Boo's door and they're going in and out and they're in they're in the the in you know the south pacific and they're in japan and and the, just all of these different landscapes and set pieces and colors and textures when you remind yourself that this came out in 2001, mm -hmm. the animation in this portion holds up oh. extraordinarily yeah. oh well. God, yeah. I just absolutely love it. And it's a true climax. I mean, I, I think that there's a point in this movie early on where you're not sure how big this movie is going to actually get. And when it arrives, it really arrives. Yeah. So what are your guys' thoughts on that, on the doors and all of that? you know, building up towards the finale. I really enjoy that scene. My favorite moment of it is honestly, this is really random, but throughout that scene, when he jumps on the door that's laying down and the world is, so like that door is like sitting on the ground and he opens it up and he jumps in and then the whole screen turns and he falls onto the floor. And then, it's and, really then great. and then it's really jumps great. in and lands on top of him. That whole scene is great, but that moment is like, because it, it, like you said, it's very tense. There's a lot going on. It's definitely like, it's the climax of the movie. That right there is like a nice little comedic break just for a split second before it keeps going. Because like, absolutely. Be, uh, There's nice little yeah, comedic yes, breaths. Yes. Like when they're in Japan and, and, uh, and Mike is like, it slides open. It slides open. Yes. There's just little, it's not even comedic breaks. Yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. breaths of comedy. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love that. Yes. I like, it's just the idea too, is that like, I said this before, is that the world is just super insane. And like, once you just the fact that, like, the very beginning of the movie, you see doors just coming in, coming back to their station, and then you walk mm -hmm. in and walk out. Like, you don't really, like, you think there's, like, oh, I wonder how it looks like in the back. And, like, how, like, how, like, how's, like, how many doors are in there and whatnot. And once you finally, like, go across that roller coaster and see there is, like, billions of doors everywhere lined up, all, like, different colors, all like, you know, different styles and different wood. The fact that you see everything and like how big that whole like scene is or like the, the environment, you just realize like, it's just, it's a bigger world than you ever imagined. And mm -hmm. I agree. And, and you're already over an hour into this movie. Yeah. And you think you know how big the movie is and how big the world is. And it says, no, you don't. And I, I'm with you. It, it it's a magic trick almost mm. that you've you've been focused on so focused on Soli and Boo and Mike for the last little bit that you have lost track of how sprawling this universe yeah. is. And it says it's not just as big as your world, it's as big as a whole nother version of your world and your world. It's twice as big as you perceive the universe to be. And and it's it's really incredible storytelling. I think that the the first half of this movie is very, very good. I think the back half of this movie is incredible. Yeah. I think as I was watching it, um, not to be confused with The Incredibles, also a Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, to kind of show behind the curtain a little bit, Jacob had sent me a text and he was like, I don't want to say too much, but I, I think Monsters, Inc. might be one of like the all-time greats or something. Mm -hmm. Pretty pretty high praise, yeah, right? Yeah. That I don't want to speak for you. but And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was watching the first like 30 or 40 minutes and I was like, that's a little lofty. And then as we got towards the end, I was like, nope, totally agree. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. It's a little bit of a slow burn for a, a family movie, 
but man the back half of this film just absolutely just rips Uh, and that the doors i can't say enough and here's what i also like from a framing we talked about how smart the opening is the animation of the opening as far as kind of slowly introducing you to the idea that these monsters aren't that scary and kind of easing you into this universe it's also really smart because it plants the seed of how wild the doors can be and it actually if you think about it really echoes this big door set piece in a way that especially the first time you watch the movie you don't you're not thinking about that you're thinking about the monsters you're not thinking about the doors and then you get on towards the end and you're like oh wow it's crazy that it's it's really a callback all all the way to literally the very first thing Mm -hmm. you see and that's that's really impressive storytelling you know because how can you even do such a thing no i'm just kidding with all the doors like millions of them yes absolutely (laughs) so yeah so i mean the, the movie has such a great ending i think that I had actually, it's been a while since I watched, been a while since I watched this, and I had totally lost track of the fact that when Sully says goodbye to Boo, it's not actually goodbye. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten that last shot. I'm not going to lie to you. And when you realize that Mike has rebuilt yeah. the, the shredded door and that Sully's been holding on to the last piece. And also, by the way, Mike gives Sully that last piece. It's a beautiful yeah. moment all around because it's a friendship. It's not just about Sully and, and Boo. Mike gives Sully that piece of the door and remembers that he gives Mike that piece of the door. Mm-hmm. He, he, or sorry, Sully. He knows that Sully is keeping that. Sully's trying to hide it on, a, yeah. on this clipboard. clipboard. Yeah. Mike knows Sully better mm-hmm. than that. Mike knows that Sully hasn't let that thing leave his sight. It's a really beautiful moment of of male friendship and as beautiful as the very last shot is i think part of why that last shot of 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 solely looking in through boo's room and it's you know it's a point of view shot from boo we don't actually see boo we hear we don't see her part of why it's so effective is because that scene with the moment right before with mike revealing that he's rebuilt the door for solely it does some emotional fluffing so Mm. to speak to, to really set uh-huh. us up for, I don't think that moment is as powerful if, for example, Soli has been collecting the pieces of the door himself. No, not, not There's a good moment, but, but I think really works is that Mike, who their friendship was almost ruined yeah. over this, this beautiful olive branch that says, I'm sorry, I kind of lost it at you in the abominable snowman's cave, <laughs> is I rebuilt this door so you could say hello to this girl so you can continue your friendship. And that the way that that moment turns into yeah. the very final moment, I think, really beautiful storytelling. And again, mm-hmm. this is a movie about love oh, yeah. and friendship, and it, it's a really great moment where we get friend love before we get father. Yeah. Also, love. And I, I just, the okay. fact that they never tell you how much time has passed and they never show you Boo at the very end of the movie, I think, is amazing storytelling as well. I, I agree. Because yeah. she could be. Six yeah. Well, or she because so. if you hear her voice, I think she sounds older, right? Like I. I, I think, think, she I think she's older. supposed to at least be a yeah, year old. At older. least, yeah. yeah. And and I love that you just see his face and you see him smile a little bit and you never see her and then it ends. I think that's perfect. Yeah. No, it's yeah. awesome. All you hear is kitty. Kitty. Mm. Do you guys have any other, of before we move into the categories, any more like favorite parts that you have to talk about before we move on to the specific awards and categories? I mean, real talk, uh, the... I want nothing but real talk, Micah. <laughs> if you're sarcastic right now, Micah, come I'm on, man. Punch you through Zoom. 
Okay, I'm really bad with names. Remind me the uh, the head honcho boss dude. What's his name? Oh, again? Uh, uh, Mr. Waternoose. Waternoose. Yeah. Which is a great wild name. <laughs> Here's the catch. Uh, when first watching this movie, you realize that he's a good guy. He wants the mm-hmm. best out of people. So I just remember like watching the movie and then all of a sudden it's, it's just revealing that he's actually the villain. Yeah. And just because like the whole time, like you just see him like being like a fatherly figure. He's like always there. He wants the best for the company. But then once you kind of like just reveal, so like, no, I'm going to steal this child and take her screams. It's like, ah, it's like a big reveal of like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's an effective yeah. twist. No, it's really I, good. I, mean, again, well, twist. I, I have not sat down and focused on this movie in a long time. And that absolutely got me. That that twist definitely Uh-oh. got me. Did I'll say one last coming. thing before. And also the twist that mm-hmm. at the end that they actually have him in the scream simulator recording him yeah, so that you know that, that he gets really busted good. that twist that the double bind of that twist totally got me that that tripped my brain right. i absolutely fell for that yeah and i've seen the movie at least eight or nine times now it has been maybe two years since i sat and watched it but still that absolutely worked i'm with you yeah. Micah. how also how dark of a plot is it that they're kidnapping kids and forcing them on a machine i like i didn't think about that no, till right. i was yeah, like that now. is so dark yeah like when i saw that when i was younger i was like oh man that's like but now i was like oh my gosh that is so dark well <laughs> and it's really smart filmmaking yeah. because when you hear the premise of this movie just the premise in a vacuum close your eyes you haven't seen any animation mm-hmm. yet you're prepared for a movie that is yeah, that dark yeah. and is that scary. And so it's really brilliant that it's not until like an hour and 15 minutes into the film that it actually does get mm-hmm. that dark and scary. And by that point in time, you've fallen in love with this big, blue, fluffy teddy yeah, bear. Yeah, yeah. I-, I love that. I absolutely love it. Any other favorite parts before we move on to the awards? Like it all good. Yeah. All right. So first, we're going to start with the zippity doodah moment. It happened on one of them zippity doodah days. So this is what's aged the worst. Doesn't have to be problematic. It could, it could just be, hey, this part doesn't trick my brain anymore or whatever. I will start and say, I didn't really, there weren't any moments for me, a la Song of the South, ha- have aged poorly from like a political correctness mm-hmm. perspective. But I do think that, so, okay, I really, I do love, I love this film. But I think, as I said, I think the back half is better than the first half. And I think from a pacing perspective, Mike and Sully should get banished 10 minutes sooner than they do. I I just feel like the part that for me has aged the worst Mm -hmm. is there's about, and I can't point to like a specific 10 consecutive minutes. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I think Mike and Sully should get banished about 10 minutes sooner than they do personally because i think that that kind of resets the stakes of the movie and from the point in time where they end up with the abominable snowman on the movie never stops it's absolutely relentless and incredible from that point on so i I don't know if you guys if you disagree with me that's fine but i I wish we got to that five ten minutes so out of anything the pacing is a little bit off yes Mm -hmm. i think the pacing of the movie is has aged not poorly but weird yeah it, it doesn't feel like a movie that would get made today not from a pacing perspective i could see out of anything like there may be like because first of all like i said like i don't see anything 
like really wrong about the film like it needs to be changed or like that it aged well the animation overall is like fantastic from like seeing toy story I one I, to I, it, yes yes like the like, totally like, agree. again this is me like, geeking out about animation but the fact that you're able to see fur properly on sully like that's yeah. just like the, the fur looks so good. It's just, it's just, you just want the to like, cuddle scene. him. I mean, think about how many doors are moving. And the doors are all moving independently and swinging. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's like it's like a precursor to Up, where all the balloons have their own independent animations. You know, but the, those, the door scene, it's, the, I, I'm with you. The animation holds up shockingly now, well. Has now that said, I, I may, I, 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 can, I can understand the idea of pacing then. Uh, so... Do you think there should be like one scene that needs to be omitted or deleted or taken out or even tight? I think that I, I think there's just tightening. Yeah. I think that like when Boo is at Mike and Sully's apartment, it's good and it's important. And we need to see that laughter makes power. That seems like a little too long. Mm. And like pro- probably there's like when Mike and Sully first bring Boo and have her disguised as a monster. I love that. I love that premise. But I think when they're walking around the halls and they run into Dr. or Mr. Waternoose and stumble through the idea that she's their cousin's sister's kid or whatever, there's just moments like that that I think could be tightened. And I'm not, I'm not talking about major. I'm talking like just moments. Just come in with like a, with a machete and just Just cut out enough to add up to seven or eight minutes of screen time. And I think it's a, a better. So yeah, it, yeah. This is a very, very good movie. For me, it's like a ninety percent out of a hundred. And if you do that, it's suddenly like a ninety-seven out of a hundred. I will say, that yeah, sense? it's funny that you say that because I was trying to think of something for this, like because I was like, I can't think of anything that I don't really enjoy about this. But I think I agree. You hit a point about like fifth. It's like right around when he gets banished that I feel like that should. I agree with you. It should have happened a little sooner. Like because when I was yeah. watching the movie last night. I was like, how much is left? Like, I, like at one point, I, I love this movie. Like, this is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Like, one of my, it's, it's, yeah, incredible. it's insane. But for some reason, around that moment, I was like, how much time is left? I suddenly felt like it was dragging. I, for I just checked a couple the clock minutes. for the very yeah, first yeah. time. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. So, yeah. So, that has an super well. I, now, this is not what this category mm-hmm. is, but I didn't know where else to put this note. But I think something that has aged incredibly well, like Soothsayer looking at the future well is Mike addressing at the at the very end, well, not at the very well, they're leaving the factory, mm-hmm. that even though we as an audience are left with a happy ending feeling, that a lot of people in this world <laughs> would be really unhappy with the ending. Yeah. It's so ahead of its time. This feels like something that like Cracked.com or College Humor would, would make a video for in 2012. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a full 10 years ahead of its time this very post postmodern well the ending of monsters inc actually isn't a happy ending cuz the company's going to go out of business probably and like hundreds of people are going to lose it and it's, it's completely thinking. destroyed the economy of the of, how are they even going to get power it? now the city's going to just fail <laughs> yeah monstropolis or whatever yeah. the name of the city is yeah and like so that kind of piss kind of pivots into our next category but this would have been a sadness buzzkill question <laughs> and it's not because of mike's little yeah, yeah. monologue so i just think that's brilliant writing and i'm again i can't state enough that 
10 years after this movie comes out, there's an entire genre of the internet. <laughs> like there's an entire <laughs> wing of the internet, an entire series of tubes of the internet that is entirely about this kind of critical analysis of movies. So really smart writing. So let's move into Sadness's buzzkill questions. Joy, you could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. So these are the questions that but that Sadness from from a, a different Pixar film, Inside mm -hmm. Out, would ask about this movie. This is kind of where you get nitpicky and maybe a little bit buzzkilly, plot holes, things like that. I will start with one that I don't mean this to sound as mean as it might mm -hmm. sound. Is this the last great Billy Crystal performance? So Oof. Billy Crystal has this run from 1987 until 2001, yeah. where he does Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, City Slickers, Mr. Saturday Night, Analyze This, Monsters Incorporated. And other than sequels, yeah. I don't think he's been in a good movie since. And I believe in his talent. I like Billy Crystal. He's very charming. I think in retrospect, it's weird that we made him like a, a leading man. And, you know, like Vit Meg Ryan, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, would be like very attracted to him. And it's kind of odd. <laughs> but I think it's weird that we never got the movie where he is a dad taking his 20 year old kid to college yeah. like, we, we never got dad billy crystal not really not dad of adult children billy crystal and so we kind of you know, he's like about 50 52 i think when this movie came out we weirdly didn't get him in that 50s chunk of his life and he's in movies he was working but nothing good yeah. and so I, I i hate to be nitpicky and that's maybe it sounds meaner than i mean it to be but i kind of feel like while this movie is maybe the best or like top three for sure performance of his entire career, I'd, I'd throw uh, When Harry Met Sally mm -hmm. and Princess Bride in there too. This this is kind of the end of the uh, Billy Crystal sons. Uh, oh, for it, sure. Do you disagree? No, I agree with you. I just looked at his IMDb and I'm like, it, oh yeah, he really hasn't done much. It suddenly much. turns yeah. into a ghost it's town. It's a modern so family, but he plays is, himself in an episode. Like, <laughs> right. Are we overdue for... Billy Crystal, Grandpa Billy Crystal. Oh, like yeah. I'm picturing like Little Miss Sunshine, and he's in the Alan Arkin mm -hmm. kind of role. So that I, I feel like we're overdue for an Oscar caliber Billy Crystal Grandpa performance. I don't know if I have anything else to say. I just I want to <laughs> I want to put that I, I'm 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 the secreting that into the universe. I, I want that to happen. I like Billy Crystal a lot. I think I want to see him as a grandpa. And I want him to get nominated for an Oscar or maybe a TV oh, show, for sure, but yeah. maybe he gets up for an Emmy. Maybe he gets nominated for best supporting actor three seasons in a row. But I, I, that's my kind of buzzkill there. And then I have another one, which is maybe not a buzzkill, but I, I think an interesting thing to explore. So I know Pixar has all these little Easter eggs to their other yeah. movies. Boo plays with a Jesse mm -hmm. doll. Yeah. Jesse from Toy Story 2. Is she the girl who abandons Jesse? Uh, and Toy Story 2 and breaks Jesse's heart is one bu bummer buzzkill question. And then sim similarly, does this take place in the future a little bit? And is she Bonnie's little sister from Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4? It, I, so I like, say it's the future one because... It's a bummer to think of Boo as being the girl who eventually, the because she loved me, one of the most emotionally manipulative Pixar films uh, scenes ever. The idea that Boo grows up to break Jesse's heart is maybe a little too much to take. Yeah. Well, but 
it, it adds up, I think, headcanon. Well, <laughs> this is just me. So I'm thinking about the sec the the second movie of Toy Story, and when Jesse is singing about her being like being left. Um, so the house she does talk about the big blue fluffy monster in that song. Oh shoot. <laughs> well, I, I was about to say like, okay, this is just me being like weird about this, but like, to my understanding, in, in that song when they're doing the video, it's a house, but it's like in the middle of like a field or like nowhere, right? Yeah, but we don't know what Boo's house. So looks here's like. my thing: you know Boo's real name? We do. Yeah, it's I, Mary. I, yes. If that matters at all, Mary. yeah. If that Mary yes. matters at all. Oh wait, I gotta get up. Keep talking, well, Micah. I gotta get up. Well, because like my, my my thing is like uh, now I'm looking at the structure of her room. Her room, in my opinion, does not look like a room that you would see in a an in a house in the middle of a field kind of thing. Mm. Like just just like the way it feels more metropolitan than that. I'll give you that. So that's what I was thinking. Like it's a little bit more suburban. It's a little bit more city like. But I don't think it's going to be more of like a kind of house that's going to be in the middle of a field. That's just where I was like looking at it. Yeah. I like all her toys and all her like the lighting itself too. So that's just the way I was kind of figuring out a little bit. So I think Boo is the... Uh, Emily. The girl's name is Emily. So okay. So it, it can't it, be. If Boo is Mary, it can't yeah. be Boo. So, but, but <laughs> it could be... I still think it's possible that Bonnie has a little sister in the future. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's that. Yet. I think it's going to be that. What if All right. the movie Toy right. Story just exists in the Monsters, Inc. universe? Yeah, and, and, that's, and, that's what I'm trying to make yeah, happen. And Boo, and Boo just watched Toy Story, so and she really liked Jessie, so... Ooh. Yeah, no. So, so she I, just bought I, the toy, I, <laughs> or her parents bought the toy. I'm trying to force that. Yeah, in. Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make it happen. Do you guys have any other buzzkill uh, questions? I do have one actually, Bottles? and this one, yeah. and it sucks because it's probably the best sequence and scene of the movie. But realistically, going through millions of different doors, how does oh, that get yes, you anywhere yes. near I'm the so glad door? You, said like, this. you could end it's up a, terrible a thousand idea. miles away at a different door. It's, it's a horrible <laughs> yeah, idea. Like. They, they they need to like pull rogue one and just like jump and climb <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, doors yeah. it's 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 an insane strategy i totally yeah, you can, it does you, not you make any door, logical you open another sense. and you could be like oh, who knows like, literally like, any closet <laughs> in the yeah. world it's when, insane when you go back to the monsters world you could be like miles away from the door you're trying to even get to like they could have gone, gotten even further from boo's door you know what i mean like, yes like, way further. what are the odds yeah. that, no, so that does not hold closer. up <laughs> if you think about it for like tenth of a second <laughs> yeah. it doesn't hold up at all well it's amazing and i love it but like that's the magic oh, of movies, right no, like, exactly. it makes you believe exactly. that it's gonna work you know it tricks yeah, your yeah. brain yeah <laughs> and then you're done watching you're like wait a second what were you saying well Mike? like <laughs> going about the whole door thing it's like the first off is there any organization of that oh, whole yeah, door yeah. setup that's the thing i was kind of no, thinking it's, of it's like it's, wild. it's like it's all it's random wild. but the way, the way i was kind of thinking it's like if, if i was in charge of that facility it would be like cool um sully's door is going to be in this section randall's door is going to be in this section right that'd be uh, a better way, or like, a way to do it by like geography like these are the south american exactly. doors i mean like We've seen that Mike is a good uh, bureaucrat. You know, he's good with organizations. Promote Mike Wazowski to be in charge of this. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, no, it is wild. This it, yeah. man. He can't be in charge of this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So my, the, my only, like, beef with this movie is, okay, so Boo was gone from her from the world <laughs> one day, right? 
Yeah, the Amber Alerts. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, if if I was the father of that child and she's gone, I would be sleeping in that room. Yeah. When she arrives, there is yes, like, I'll yes, be crying with- or something. And just the fact that like, <laughs> oh, nothing happened. Like, so is there like a time difference? There yeah, is. There has to be. There is, or or or. <laughs> There is like a Hallmark movie of the week that is the uh, Rose, <laughs> Rosacina Gildenkrantz are dead to this movie that is like a girl disappears from her bedroom and it's just the parents just crying and weeping and then like uh, they think that an angel brings her back but it's, it's actually the monster. <laughs> imagine, but, imagine when they come back into the room and you hear like your daughter in your room like okay so she's been gone disappeared right? And suddenly you hear yes. your daughter in a room running around playing and you open the door and you see James P. Sullivan <laughs> hanging out with your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Giant yeah, at monster. That point, that's, you quit drugs that yeah, day. Yeah, you just yeah. stopped doing meth. Cold turkey. Uh, any other buzzkill questions before we move on to the Mr. Potato Head I think Award? That's good, yeah. yeah. All right. So the Mr. Potato Head Award. Hey, Ham, look, I'm Picasso. Hey, I don't get it. You uncultured swine. What are you looking at, Doc? I mentioned this earlier. This is for the character who does the most with the least, makes the biggest impression with the least amount of screen time or lines. This this character probably teeters on almost too large for this character uh, category. I'm going to go with Celia May. I think that Jennifer Tilly's vocal performance yes. is incredible. I love the decision to have her. You know, she's sort of like a, a Medusa Gorgon kind of character. Her, her hair, it's these snakes that are actually alive, and they have some degree of sentence i mean like they she makes a joke about getting a haircut and they look concerned and like at the end she's she's kissing mike and they're like kissing too and she gets (laughs) jealous and is like girls uh i just think she's great i think again jennifer tilly's vocal performance is incredible i think that they give her this really great hero moment where mike finally tells her the truth oh yeah and she makes a call and 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 lies and says randall just broke the all-time scare record and he gets mobbed by people who are like congratulating him and it buys them enough time that they're able to, you know, to save Boo. I, I just, I really, I like that character a lot. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I had forgotten how much I liked her. And I, I also like that there is an opportunity because Mike is short and stubby and and by human metrics, not attractive at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not good at, at scaring, which is kind of like the alpha male trait of this world i love the decision to give him a romantic interest mm-hmm. like i love the idea that mike has swagger yeah, and yeah, that yeah. a woman loves him and finds him attractive and it helps us root for mike in a totally different yeah. way i think i said this earlier it's romantic love and i like i just like celia mm-hmm. a lot i had forgotten how great she is and i love what she does for mike for mike and sully's relationship but that she also gets to exist as her own female character. Yes, she's introduced to us largely through Mike, but I think she stands alone, especially because of that hero moment, as a really cool, independent, strong female character. And I really like Celia a lot. Who do you guys have for Mr. Potato Head Award? Uh, I will definitely, this is probably gonna be the most popular opinion, but uh, Ross, uh, the old like uh, woman uh, monster. Ross is it? I thought about Ross. Ross is a good pick That's who I would have picked. Yes. Oh, it's it's just like Shrek all over again. You guys too. We, I, I bring you guys on my show and you form an alliance. Vote me off. Great, the great minds think alike. Yeah, let's talk about. Well, Ross. this is like here's the thing too. It's like 
you just think of her as a side character and she's just like for me i'm a very sarcastic human being so i relate to her a lot yes <laughs> so and just the fact that she's just like you know she's supposed to be like a hindrance to uh to sully and mike you know, making things a little difficult for them to, you know, get to the end or like make sure that they're getting their job done. But at the very end, it's like her being there to help them regardless. Totally. And in it, it, the twist at the end that she's been involved yeah. with the CD, or CDA right? all, all along. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Do you think that her and Ethel Beavers from Parks and Recreation would get along oh, well? 100%. I feel, I feel like be a, a oh, great yeah. buddy, buddy cop movie. <laughs> you guys had a two right. real answers. So I'm just gonna pick Ted. Ted, the giant monster that's supposed to be like Godzilla or something. <laughs> and it makes like the the root. Oh, it's like a chicken yeah, noise yeah. or whatever. So, real quick, sorry. I know we got to move yeah. on, but I did read on IMDb that uh they tried to get permission to use Godzilla's roar. And uh, the studio that owns, I don't remember who it is, but whoever owns Godzilla said no. So they decided to make it a giant chicken cluck instead. Oh, I yeah. love that. So, all right. So Mr. Potato Head goes to, uh, to Roz. Congratulations, Roz. You are Mr. Potato Head. Thank you. All right. Speaking of small parts, let's move. <laughs> Whoa. Celia has a really good pick, though, too. Celia has a really good pick. Thank you. Uh, so let's move on to the Stan Lee Award for Best Cameo. It's got to be, I can't even imagine you guys have a different answer than this. John Ratzenberger is the abominable snowman, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, 100%. he almost always pops up in these Pixar films. Sure. He's basically the Stan Lee of Pixar. Mm. And I, I just think this abominable snowman segment's awesome. I love the world mm -hmm. building. I love the yellow snow jokes because I'm seven. <laughs> I, I just think it's great. It's such a good part of the mo movie. And like I said, I think this part of the movie's so good that I wish the movie got here 10 minutes faster so i don't know about you guys but I, it's got to be john ratzenberger i'll hear other arguments <laughs> oh, I agree but i you. think you're wrong i can't think of anyone else what do you like think? that yeah, that would either. be a good like he's a good cameo unless yeah unless godzilla was able to be there i'd be like yeah like the uh the godzilla fan i may be like that that but he's it's a chicken so him yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep all right so there we go. Congratulations, Abominable Snowman. All right. The Boba Fett Award for Best Toy from this movie. I've got a simple answer. I'm not going to overthink it. For me, it is not a life-size, but a pretty big, solely stuffed animal with hard dragon scale spikes yeah. and horns. So it's like, it's this big, like, it has to have a little bit of form to it. The idea is, I think it's kind of like a body pillow. Mm -hmm. You can hug it. You feel the nice, fuzzy you know, but then like it has a little bit of prickliness to it to to really embody solely. What what do you think about that? I, I feel like yeah. a a a big I mean I'm talking it's gotta be like at least three feet yeah, tall. Yeah. Just a Ooh. big solely stuffed animal. I think that'd be a really good one. Think? Only other thing I could think of that's a really that's like I think what you would market and what you would like put out there. I think another one that could be fun is like a boo doll. And every time you squeeze it, it says Mike Wazowski. They did have that. Cause my sister had it. Like after we watched the movie, we got her that doll and it, it was literally her with the pigtails, her and oh, nice. shirt. And then like, you just push her and it says kitty. And like, <laughs> look, my sister stepped with that thing. Uh -huh. So it it's, Oh God. Memories. You hear that Pixar? Uh, let's come on. Let's get some marketing stuff going on. Us three, well, us got you. Come on, Ben, Micah, and me. 19, we can do this. <laughs> Nineteen years yeah, after yeah, the yeah. movie came out. Oh no, no, we're doing it for all oh. the movie movies too. <laughs> oh right, of course. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'll take that job. Are you kidding me? 
Just, just they can pay me in the product yeah, alone yeah. if I just get to take the toys <laughs> home. All right. Speaking of fun stuff, theme park attraction. Something I've wanted to say my whole life. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> can I go with you? Yeah, you Again, I don't want to hijack the pod and stifle your creativity. I dare you to answer this question better than the doors seen as a roller oh, yeah. coaster. And so like kind of like the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, I think it needs to have multiple paths. And if you ride the ride, you have to go on it like 10 times before you've seen mm-hmm. it all, you know? And like, it all starts out the same. You have, there are, there are roller coasters that, you know, that hang from a, a rail similarly. I, I think they're called inverted coasters, I believe from like the way the door yeah, like hangs. The Patriot so World's you're riding on it. I think it's one of these rides where like it's a roller coaster, but there's screens next to you or something so that it feels like Mike and Sully are like one of them's talking in your left ear. The other one's talking in your right ear, you know, and you go through these different doors and it gets wild, yeah. you know, like it, it, there's for whatever reason you end up like at a volcano and there's fireballs and stuff like that. But I feel like an inverted roller coaster with a little bit of storytelling is the best ride you oh, can yeah. make from monsters yeah. incorporated the what, only thing guys- i uh i think that actually is now that you've said that i think that is the best because it's the most fun but the, uh, i thought of one that was like haunted house at disneyland where like you go through like jack skellington's like sure like, like a dark yeah, ride and it's, yeah. it's like a slow thing and you just sit there and see everything i thought that'd be kind of cool if you went through the whole factory and then hit the doors and then got to like see the whole sure. odds and ends and like here and like what they do at haunted house i don't know if you've been in it it like stops and like a story happens and you sit there for a little while and like a whole bunch of cool stuff happens so like what would happen is like you'd stop on the scare floor and then you'd like have like a little scene of like all these different people going into the doors and things happening and then it moves on and then you go to like yeah the door room and you get to go through doors and things like that I, that'd be cool but i think a roller coaster is way more fun <laughs> okay what do you okay. think, Micah? So I'm going to build, uh, okay, so mine's going to be a build up on, on top of yours, uh, Jacob. So I have a whole setup already. Ready? You walk into, like, a, like after getting in line, there's, like, different things. Like, and during a line, you're going to see, like, different commercials of, like, what is Monsters Incorporated. You're going to see like, why it's important to have energy and screams and everything. But then once you get into the, like, this one room, this one room is, uh, you're actually going to be having a tour of the facility. And you're like known as little monsters, as kids trying to go into oh. it. So you're gonna have a, uh, a monster coming in, like it's gonna be all like either CG or robotic or whatever, but it's gonna mm-hmm. give you a, a big tour. And then you're gonna have a big screen saying like, "All right, so here is the founder of Monsters Incorporated." And he's gonna give a big speech. But then on the side, you're gonna hear like little commotion, like maybe a, yeah. a, a red light will pop up, it's like. Oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. Uh, it, everything's fine. But you know, it's a a uh, child is running around. So then mm-hmm. you go ahead, go to the scare floor. You're walking around the rooms. They're like leading everybody into this one room, and then uh, you see a scare simulation, and you see that. But then it's like, all right, we're gonna go down to the the main floor where everything's happening, and then you go right behind the whole scare floor, but you're right by the offices. And you're, again, you're little monsters trying to see everything. But then you see, like, this is where you sit down. And then you see, like, the actual, like, things happening of, like, okay, everyone calm down. Uh, There is a child. Please be careful. Do not move. But then lights shut off. And Mm -hmm. then you hear Boo running around. And then, and then old. And then yeah. like CDA starts jumping in. No. <laughs> and then all of us, yeah, exactly. Eight, like they will jump in uh-huh. later on. And then you see 
Sully jumping into doors back and forth. Oh, uh, see, that'd be really cool. It'd be, yeah, it'd be yeah, like yeah. it's like Pirates of the Caribbean mixed with the with the haunted house. Exactly, oh, exactly yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. With there was an attraction at at Tomorrow World for a while called uh, or Tomorrowland, sorry, uh, that was called Alien Encounter, and it was actually not a ride, but like you sat and yes. the theater was really interactive mm-hmm. and it tricked you into thinking there was an alien in the room scaring you. I feel like you could incorporate some elements of that yeah. into this ride you're talking about. That'd be really And uh, plus to that, they actually replaced that with Lilo and Stitch because apparently- That's right. That's because right. apparently it was too it was, scary. I was like, no, it was- It was, it was too scary. It. it was awesome, but it was too scary. Yeah, yeah. So that's my ride. Uh, what up? Micah, I love your ride. I respect your pitch. <laughs> I'm going with my original answer. <laughs> Doors roller coaster. Micah. Here's your chance. Are you going to vote as a block with Micah again? Uh, I, I'm voting for the roller coaster this time. Yeah, the roller coaster would just be so one. exciting. Bye. Bye. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Micah just left the Zoom call. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's say if this was a Disney musical, uh, if, if, if this were turned into a, you know, Disney Renaissance 90s Disney musical, what are some scenes that you would want to see as songs or anything in particular you just have to see in the Monsters Incorporated musical? I want to see a uh, put that baby right back where it came from, so help me. <laughs> <laughs> full, full. That's the answer. I'm sorry, but that's the answer. Yeah. Put that right back where it came from. Yes, I think you're right. It starts off exactly how it does in the yeah. movie. But then suddenly, like, you hear, like, boom, you know, it's like a music <laughs> yeah. sting. And then it turns into, like, a full, like, be our guest showstopper <laughs> moment. And, and then no it, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is the best possible answer. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> I can't in any way top that. No, I can't top oh, that. I gosh. can't even think of anything else. But like that's like the, but, the moment. No, I I will just say that I do think there's like a really charming kind of bonjour bell song, kind of like at the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, but that's just the floor of the Monsters Incorporated factory mm-hmm. here. Or or uh, when Soli and Mike are on their way to work, kind of you know, uh, it's, it's it's similar to Bell, you know, running around the town and you know. Uh, there goes the baker. Yeah, yeah. There goes, there goes Godzilla with his legs. <laughs> I go, uh, but no, you're right. Uh, it's, put that baby right back there. And, is that even the line? Is, is that the line? Put that baby right back it, where it came from. It, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. I wrote it down. Uh, put that thing right back. Oh, 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 or so help me. Bum, is, bum, uh, bum. Or so help yeah. me. Yeah, I love it. Oh man, that's that's such a good part. That that's absolutely incredible. All right, casting what ifs, recasting, remixing, etc. I think this movie is just about perfectly cast. I did find it's not necessarily a casting what if for this movie, but a very interesting thing is that this role was very much written with Billy Crystal mm-hmm. in mind because he was offered Buzz Lightyear oh, yeah. and turned it down and apparently went on to really regret that and was friends with John Lasseter and people at Pixar and really f- was like, please get me a role in one of these movies. I want to do it. I, I don't want to talk about Toy Story too much. We'll save this for the Toy Story episode. I love Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. What a terrible casting choice. Buzz Lightyear needs to have like oh, a yeah. deep, really macho alpha Ooh, male and, voice. And that is not. 
That's yeah, not no, Billy Crystal. Crystal been terrible as that. Buzz Lightyear? What Too terrible casting. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, this yeah. movie though, like the casting is great. Like Billy Crystal and John Goodman, yeah. and then Steve Buscemi is the bad guy. That's that's great. And similarly, in Billy Crystal's defense, Tim Allen as Mike Wazowski oh. would be oh, horrible. Be uh, so yeah, I I think it's great casting. Yeah. Good use of Steve Buscemi. I did also see that. When they were doing dialogue, a lot of the time, John Goodman and Billy Crystal would actually record mm-hmm. in the same room and feed off of That's each so other, awesome. which yeah. is not always how they make movies like this. And so I think that shows. All right. Best quote. So th- these are the best quotes we haven't quoted yet. I was about to say, put that thing right back or so help me. But we've already that. I mean, it, it's a musical. So good. I love very early on in that opening training montage where where Mike's kind of waking Sully up. Twins in a bunk bed. <laughs> that is so good. I love that. And then I, I also love the, the Monsters, Inc. video they're showing. The, just the tagline, we scare because yeah. we care, is really great. It feels so real. It's like just the right level of cheesy, like something that like Cerner in our real world would, you know, like have a, uh, you know, that kind of tagline. I loved... Oh, I love anytime, and there actually aren't as many of these as you'd think, but anytime there's like a joke about how Mike only has one eye, my favorite is when he's talking to Celia and he says, I was just thinking about the first time I laid eye on you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I laid eye on you. (laughs) That is my exact brand of humor. It is just this bizarre mixture of dad joke and English nerd like word yeah. fun. I just I absolutely love that. Where are some of you guys favorite quotes that we haven't mentioned yet? Honestly just because ever since I was really young I love just saying it. I love how it rolls off the tongue is literally just Mike Wazowski <laughs> like, Yeah Mike Wazowski and Kitty. Yeah, yeah. Are, yes I agree I mostly love Mike Wazowski because I love the scene where she's walking with the little kids and all the little kids are saying yes. his name and it's like what Mike is Wazowski. happening? And he's, he says something like we get yeah, it. Yeah yeah <laughs> I totally love also, that. I also, I, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, say, I think one of the best oh. quotes overall, though, is what you said, that we scare because we care. I love that. We scare yeah. because we care is awesome. I, I think I, I had written this down and I couldn't make sense of it. Now I just remembered. When they send Randall to the trailer that oh, seemingly yeah. <laughs> is right by A Bug's Life <laughs> and also the guy who works for Pizza Planet lives yeah, in this yeah. trailer, which is... So at the point this came out, the only Pixar movies were Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, and this. So oh, and Bugs Life, four yeah. movies in, they're all basically in the same mm-hmm. universe. I love, it's like, it's, it's all that gator's Mama, back again. Gator. <laughs> Go on, Mama, get that gator. That is I so think, funny. I think that's one of my favorite quotes, yeah. Love, yeah, yeah. I laughed out loud. Get the broom. Oh, my God. Mom, there's another gator in the that. house. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, another gator <laughs> in the house. I that was so good. Absolutely love that moment. Absolutely. Michael, what are some of your favorite quotes? You stole that. It's definitely going to be oh, the, uh, <laughs> the part where uh, they're in the trailer park and the, and Randall comes in like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. I uh, Very random. I like the pun kid-tastrophe. It's on the local news. Oh, after. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they're, they're interviewing all these random monsters. And I liked this one so much, I almost submitted this as my Stan Lee Award. One says, a kid flew over me and blasted that car with his laser vision. <laughs> it, doesn't the other person say, it's true, I was there. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it just spirals into absolute yeah, madness. Amazing. I absolutely love it. There's so many good quotes. Uh, before we wrap up, I always like to just kind of say some random trivia. Uh, one one little one is Frank Oz, who is the very famous puppeteer, voice of Yoda, Fozzie, Miss Piggy, um, Grover. Frank Oz voiced Jeff Fungus, Randall's three-eyed assistant. Oh, nice. And I love that it's Frank Oz, but I got to say, 
you've got Frank Oz. Like, you got to use him. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. He's like literally one of the greatest voice actors of all time. Yoda, Yoda. <laughs> and uh, you got to give him more lines. Or at least give him, there should be at least one moment where he gets to really sink his teeth in. And, he never and really I, does, I think, though, unfortunately, yeah. the most memorable thing about Jeff Fungus is his incredible name. I love Jeff Fungus is just, that's great. What a great name. And uh, I have pictures say that the girl's name is Mary. She was voiced by Mary Gibbs who is the voice actress who performed her, who was the two-year-old daughter of Rob Gibbs, who's one of the main story artists on the film. So it's actually one of the guys That's who made the movie, sweet. his real-life daughter, and, uh, and they they deliberately na- you know, just had her still be boo mm-hmm. as written in the script, but they made sure to have that Easter egg of Mary in there. And I have I found it normally took 11 to 12 hours to render a single frame of Sully because of his... 2.3 million individually animated hair strands. 2,320,400. This was the year of like, two, like they made this movie probably like beginning of 1999. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This takes two, two full years to make a Pixar movie, if not longer. And then finally, uh, A13, which is the studio, I, I believe it, um, gosh, I, I should know this. I think it's, I think it's at Cal that so a whole lot of these art students that end up working at Pixar. Uh, they studied in A13 was the computer animation room. And so A13 shows up in a lot of the Pixar movies. Actually, I think it shows up at least once in all oh. of them. And it's on, on in a, like a door, like uh, kind of showing that it's like apartment one A13 or whatever, uh, when Soli's scaring kids. Oh. So, so that's what I've got for trivia. And I, that brings us to the end of our conversation of Monsters Incorporated. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast and talking us. about this movie. And thanks for giving me an excuse to rewatch this film. Cause <laughs> I think, I think when I talk about Pixar, I will kind of lazily throw out Monsters, Inc. as one of my favorites, but this has kind of forced me to uh, defend my opinion mm-hmm. and, and, and really caused me to go, oh, no, this really is one of the, you know, and there's a lot of great oh, Pixar yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. but this is, this is a top-tier Pixar movie for sure. So I, uh, I, I definitely appreciate the excuse to come back and watch it again. So thank yeah, you so much, uh, Jacob. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Any uh, if people enjoyed you, follow you on social media. So I guess like yeah, that? if you want to follow me, you direct. Yeah, films. yeah. I, uh, so I do direct a lot of films with uh, Ben. Writes with me, or he writes them, and I direct. At Ben acts in them a lot of the times. We're actually writing a feature film. So uh, if anyone yeah. ever wants to uh, help out with that, uh, that'd be awesome. Um, I guess yeah. If you want to follow me on social media <laughs> on Instagram, I'm Jacob Roberts, but it's J V K O B. R-O-B-E-R-T-S. And then on Twitter, I am at not Jacob Roberts. And I spell my name J-A-K-O-B. So, yeah. <laughs> what Name like a particular, like a music video or film that you've put out recently that you'd like people to check out. Oh, on, yeah. On so I guess if you want to go to my YouTube video. channel, it's just Jacob Roberts. Um, pretty much all of my short films are on there. Uh, one thing I think would be really cool if you checked out was the is the uh, music video I shot for the UKs recently. Uh, we did it all oh, sure. in one shot. That actually is not on my channel. You have to go find that on the UK's channel. But uh, for Motor City Motor Blackout, City Blackout is the name, is the name of the song. The yes, UK's yes. Motor City Blackout, really great KC band. Actually, Noah is going to be on the very next episode. Oh, Their sweet. lead singer yeah. is going to be on uh, with with Jess yeah. from Colony. Uh, we're going to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. Noah, so if you I'm end up watching this, I love you. <laughs> Or listening go. to this. And I don't know Micah, why I watching. Uh, Micah, do you have anything you want to plug? Yo, it's your boy. Are you are you in a really good <laughs> band? Yo, it's your boy, Micah Elgin V. I'm in a band called Monarchy Fitzgerald. So definitely follow us on Spotify and all the uh, Instagrams and Facebooks. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have a Monarchy Fitzgerald podcast where I basically just interview different 
musicians and music publicists and business people. We just geek out about music. So you should interview me on that podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Yeah, that <laughs> might happen sometime. It might have already happened. Who knows? There's no way to know. All right. Well, thank you, Micah and Jacob, so much. Uh, Micah, with your permission, I'm going to send everybody out on a clip of uh, a modern day Fitzgerald song. Permission granted. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome. So what you'll hear here in a, a bit is a clip of one of Micah's uh, band songs. It's called Modern Day Fitzgerald is the band. Uh, definitely Fans of Weezer will definitely like this. There's like a surf rock element to it. But Mike, you play really cool jazzy chords, like lots of full chords, lots of sevenths. I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) thank you guys so much. I I love, I miss you guys and I I love getting to see your faces on Zoom. I know this is an audio podcast, so everybody else didn't see your faces, but I got to, darn it. (laughs) This has been Disney Plus plus Ben plus Friends. Take care. I already said the next episode we're going to do is Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I'm so excited to revisit that movie. So, uh, yeah, be, be good to one another, and, and peace out! Ah! Drinking Manhattan at the Green Lady Lounge I see you fidgeting with your own crown You stole the cigarettes that you were down I can't read lips, it's too damn loud I said, where did you go? Where did you go? Tonight's the night we play truth or dare I'm the kind of guy who gets real scared But then Nathan Corsi said to me Stop wasting time, she'll drive you crazy I 